Welcome to the Yogi MD podcast. It's Nadine, yoga teacher, health coach, and retired doctor, here to bring you and your body together, not in sickness, but in health. Thanks for taking this time for yourself. Today, I would like to welcome Helena Rogers to the show. She has been a consistent advocate and an extraordinary entrepreneur celebrating and encouraging women for many years. Thank you for being here today. How are you? Good. How are you? I am doing well, thank you. I'm excited. Wonderful. I'm so happy to have you here. Can you please tell us about your journey? I would love to. So my journey actually began probably after I had my daughter. Uh, She's 28 years old now. And after I had her, I got to know a lot of moms who had, you know, kids my age. And so my initial thing was I started writing a newsletter that I published every single month, and it was called Mother Wit. And in there, it was just like little tidbits of information to kind of encourage moms to provide some information. So I did that probably when she was about, I started when she was about three. And I was mailing out these newsletters to like my five or six friends. And then they would all say, well, can you send it to my cousin or my coworker mm. or my, you know, whatever. And so it got to the point that I was mailing a lot of newsletters. Uh, so I did that for several years, absolutely loved it, would always get really, really good feedback from these moms. I purposely kept it like nice and short. Because when you're a mom, you really don't have time to Mm -hmm. sit down and read a magazine or Mm -hmm. a book necessarily. Mm -hmm. So I did that for several years. And then in 2006, I was in my local library, walked in and saw on the bookshelf, it it looked like a newspaper. And it was called the Chicago South Suburban Woman's Newspaper. And there was a big ad in there that says... Wanted women publishing entrepreneurs. So I reached out to the owner at the time, and long story short, she was wanting to not have the newspaper anymore, news magazine. So what it was, it was a license, and they had these news magazines really all over the United States. I ended up purchasing the license, Mm -hmm. became the owner slash publisher. I had all of the South Suburbs. And then I had the neighbor, the Chicago neighborhoods of Hyde Park and Beverly. So the news magazine came out every other month, so six times a year. I had women or local uh, professionals who wrote articles about health, about finances, about automotive, about lifestyle things. And so I published every other month. I published over, I think it was 30,000 copies. Oh, my goodness. And so it was, if you went into it, and it was free. So if you went into a doctor's office, a dentist's office, the local um, village halls, Mm -hmm. when Lincoln Mall was there, and absolutely loved the experience. I had a graphics designer, I had an editorial consultant, and like I said, I had all these people who would write these articles for me. I would always give free ad space to local non-for-profits, and I dealt a lot with small women entrepreneurs who may have had a little small business, so I would always give them discounts on like their ads and things like that. So absolutely love the experience. How were you learning? Were you teaching yourself to do all of these different aspects? Because this was the first time that you had managed a publication this big, right? Exactly. You know what? Sometimes you just fall into something and you find out like you know how to do it. 
And so, and that's exactly what happened. You're right. Like my little newsletter, you know, I did that in Microsoft Word <laughs> and, you know, would make a copy and mail it. But this was actually like a process. The previous owner, she told me, try to learn to do as many things as you can because that'll save you money. So I'm thinking, okay, I know Microsoft Word, so I can probably do this. <laughs> totally could not. Totally could not. So my first graphic designers, I had a level of professionalism that I expected. And so they weren't able to necessarily do that. Mm. So I found another one who, to this day, we are still really, really good friends. When you have a business, have people who are experts in what they do. Yes. And then you can leave it to them. So my graphic designer, she was awesome. I didn't try to pretend like I knew how to do graphic design, mm -hmm. so I let her do mm -hmm. that. My editorial consultant was amazing. I let her do the proofreading and the editing. And then as a team, we would get together, kind of finalize the layout of the news magazine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was just said, it just came to me like, I know how to do this. And was probably one of the best experiences that I could have had. What was the title of the publication? It was called the Chicago South Suburban Woman's Newspaper. Okay, so you didn't change the name. I did not change the name because as a the license, mm -hmm. I had to. It had to stay. I see. But uh, and I ended up meeting and still good friends with another woman who purchased the Will County Woman's Newspaper. <laughs> so we kind of together kind of wound our way through the whole process and we got to the point where like we probably could have done this on our own without investing in this license but you live and learn sure and so what's cool thing about it which i always tell people the newspaper magazine was delivered to all these different places mm -hmm. and i actually had women who were delivering it for me and they would always laugh and like Wow, um, this is my first job as a newspaper delivery person or something like that. <laughs> so that was good. So I met some awesome, awesome women. It, it helped me in terms of helping out in the community. Mm -hmm. You know, with, like I said, my whole journey with moms slash women. And it really, really helped me grow as a person. Because sometimes you don't know what you can do until you do it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so yes. that was, it was a really, really good experience. My husband would tease me. He was like, you know this is a hobby because you're not making any money. <laughs> and I was like, yes, right. it's a good hobby. It's a good hobby. And which I can appreciate him too because he encouraged me, right, because I wasn't making any money. I was making enough to pay my graphics designer, my editorial consultant, and then the printing. And then I paid the women who delivered it for me. Okay. So... So we met through Chocolate Therapy for Women. So how did that come about? So so I, I purchased a newspaper in 2006. And as I said, I made a lot of money. Well, you make your money through advertising. And so in 2008, that's when the economy went, you know, sideways. Tanked. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, I lost a lot of my advertising dollars because you work with small businesses or even some of the larger businesses. The first thing they do is cut their advertising budget. Okay. So I stopped publishing it as a print uh, publication in, at the end of 2008. And I went online and had an online presence. Still, there's something in me that always wants to encourage women. And I'll never forget, I was sitting upstairs in my bedroom, sitting in my favorite chair, and this idea came to me about the seminars. 
So in my mind, I'll never forget, I laid all this out. And then my husband, again, encouraging me. He was like, you know what? You need to make this happen. And if nobody shows up at your seminars but your mom and your sisters, <laughs> right? Because you know they're always going to be there and your daughter. Um, you need to make this happen. Mm -hmm. So I kind of played with the idea for the rest of the fall into the spring. And he gave me a deadline. So I started looking for places to hold the seminar and came across a Prairie State College and found a perfect room. Had my first seminar, I think it was in June, yeah, June 2011. And the goal was, again, to encourage, to inform, um, just a kind of a networking opportunity for women. And even now, as I look back at it, I would always say, oh, that was a really good seminar. <laughs> and then the next one, I would be like, that was a really good seminar. Like, <laughs> if I hadn't have been doing that, I would have attended. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I had doctors come in. I had dentists come in. I had yoga instructors come <laughs> in. I had people who were on their, women who were on their second act. I had professional organizers. We had artists who came in. And so they would make their presentation which was always engaging. Something always helped me connect with women. And then questions from the audience. And then I would always feature a local non-for-profit and did basically most of the non-for-profits here in the South Suburbs and would always have raffle gifts. I love flowers, so I would every seminar I was giving away flowers. And at the very end, we would have like some type of chocolate treat. And so I'll never, I remember this story. The first seminar I had, and of course, talking about like healthy eating. Yes. And I had this chocolate cake. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is not good optics, right? Like she's talking about, you know, eating healthy. And when we finish, we go out and cut these big old hunks of chocolate cake. So, <laughs> so after that, I'm like, maybe I need to get away from chocolate. And then I would have like maybe like little cupcakes or little candy. But again, just another really, really good experience. I loved it. Cause I did. I think I stopped in 2015. I want to say the date may not be right. But the only the only challenge was the seminars were held on Saturday mornings, mm -hmm. and women, if you're working, that mean on Saturday morning you're running your errands. Yes, that's true. If you're a mom. And your work, you know, if you're just a mom, what's happening on Saturday mornings? Your kids are involved in baseball, mm -hmm. football, cheerleading, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I had that challenge of there. It was a. It was always a conflict on their calendars. And while I loved loved doing it, sometimes you have to step back and say, okay, just the numbers just weren't there. Where have you found the passion to help women? Is it because you grew up with only sisters and you have such a dynamo of a mom? I think it's a combination of that. Um, and because, you know, I looked at the fact that my mom, you're right, is amazing. My sisters, but you know, as you watch people and as you grow yourself, you see women who don't have that same support system, mm -hmm. women who don't have the self-esteem that they probably could have. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you want people to experience what you've experienced. Sometimes we don't recognize how gifted and talented we are. And so this was my way of showing women, this is an idea, take it and make something happen. 
And so that was always like my desire to try this. You know, it's not going to hurt and you might find out you enjoy it. And I remember I know a lady and she was struggling with, she wanted to become a um, interior design. Mm -hmm. And she had mentioned it to me and I'm like, you should do it. And now she's doing it. So when you hear those type of stories or I felt if I can do my part to encourage a woman to go back to school, to, you know, leave her job and go for another job. It makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. Engaging with women and helping them on their journey. It's quite a gift to be able to be that person who recognizes the potential in another person and to be able to be there to give them that encouragement, that little push. If you hadn't been there, they may not have gotten. And why do you think that so many of us do struggle with being able to see our strengths and to be able to celebrate our strengths? That is a good question. And I'm not sure if it's because as women, we are nurturers of everyone but ourselves sometimes. Like we're going to be, you know, we're going to take care of the kids and our husband and our parents. But sometimes we forget about ourselves. Yes. And I'll never forget, and I actually did a seminar at my former church. But I had seen this, I think, in a magazine or something one time. And they were talking about how when you're on an airplane, when... With the oxygen. With the oxygen, yeah. you give it to yourself first, mm -hmm. and then you, mm -hmm. you know, are able to help your children or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that has always kind of been in the back of my mind, mm -hmm. how we give so much to others, mm -hmm. but we always tend to neglect ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if... And I remember when I even... When I first would do... When I started doing my mother with, I would always encourage them and say, you know what, take a few minutes, drink some iced tea, and read your copy of Motherwit. My thing with coming to the seminars, I know you're busy, but on this Saturday morning, give yourself these two hours so you can kind of rejuvenate yourself. What have you been doing since chocolate therapy? Thank you. Yeah. So this is the thing. Again, I just never, ever give up. So I do have a website called Savvy Woman Blog. Mm -hmm. And with the website, I'm like an idea person. And, and I think that's why yes, I really you're try very, to. you're very, very talented. Seriously. <laughs> and, you know, and I figure I'm going to try the idea. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Nobody can ever say I didn't try it. So I had come up I'm with I'm so impressed. I, I'm I have to say that. <laughs> Thank you. So I had come up with this one idea. It was called The Pretty Dress Project. Okay. And in it, and it ties to that whole thing of the other thing I'm passionate about is women and our health. We all have dresses for church or for that special event we're going to mm -hmm. or the wedding work. So we all have these closets full of pretty dresses, but we only have one body to put them on. So the Pretty Dress Project was about wearing your pretty dress on your best body. So I actually did a seminar on that in the park. We had t I had t-shirts made. I had a um, lady who led us in exercises and a, a nutritionist who came out in the park and we were all sitting around the table with our t-shirts on and talked about like being healthy and the importance of getting exercise. I also did a thing, and it was one of my seminars, called Getting Pumped Up. 
And I remember the seminar, I think, was in September. And the goal was to get pumped up so we could have an awesome end of the year. And so all the women, they wore their pumps to the seminar. <laughs> and we took pictures. And the goal was to make plans to end the year on a high note. So I did a 100-day challenge. And, like, contacted all these women and said, hey, do you want to join me? And this was, like, this year. So we started on September 23rd because that's, like, the 100th day countdown towards the end of the year. So I just text all these women and say, hey, do you want to join me in this 100-day challenge? I have over 60 women who are doing this challenge with me. And so what the only thing they were supposed to do was say, oh, you know what, for the next 100 days, you know, I'm a smile or, you know, something that will, is doable. And then maybe to have like a big goal for the end of the year. So I remember goal. this. And the reason why I did not join the challenge is because I was learning how to do this podcast. <laughs> but you know what, though? But this is the thing, though. That's OK. Just tomorrow's another day. Just try whatever you were going to do. Well, that taps into our idea where if we're not, well, like I just said, I didn't join because when I saw it, I thought, oh, I can't commit to something else. I'm not going to be perfect at it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I keep telling them, like, you don't have to be. As women, we think, if I'm signing up for this, I got to make sure I do it every day. (laughs) I want to write in a gratitude journal every day. Mm. But see, I'm an overachiever. I didn't just want to write. I was going to draw everything (laughs) that I was thankful for. And so there have been some days where I've missed, you know, but I'm like, that's okay. It's still making me more mindful to be thankful. Mm. It doesn't take anything away from me to be able to encourage somebody else Mm. and vice versa. And sometimes as women, like I said, we need that somebody or that something to kind of get us motivated Mm -hmm. to do something, to take that few minutes for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Because... Again, it goes to the whole thing of how are we going to help somebody if we are tired, if we are depressed. And not saying that every day is going to be like this wonderful, sunshiny day. Sure. But it goes back to the thing of savoring our blessings and then helping somebody else. And it's just amazing because even when I was going through my breast cancer, it made me more mindful of other women. I had a very, very good support system. But then it made me more sensitive to women who may not have had that support system. Helena, again, I have to really say how inspiring. And at the top of the hour, I mentioned quietly consistent. You're this pillar in our community. You can always count on. You're humble. You don't do this to get a lot of attention. And I remember when you just snuck that into the audience, by the way, my bout with breast cancer, that's a big deal. And I remember I hadn't seen you in a while and I contacted you and wanted to get together and you responded, yes, I'd love to meet and a uh, little heads up. By the way, um, <laughs> when you see me, I'll be a little bald. I'm okay now, but I just got over breast cancer and I thought, wow. You are able to dig into yourself and still remain really optimistic and see the silver lining in such a challenge in your life. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that that is something that I have really learned and taken from you and really admire. You choose the positive. Mm -hmm. I found that the life is about choices. All of us, I don't care who we are, you sometimes you kind of think, especially when your life is going well, 
like you can look at things like, oh, okay. And of course, during those times, it's, it's easy to be optimistic and upbeat. And even when I got my diagnosis, I had a choice of wallowing in self-pity. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that, that was a choice I could have had. Mm-hmm. Or like, okay, what are we going to do to, what, what am I going to do to get through this? It did help that I did have such a good support system. Mm-hmm. So how dare I feel sorry for myself when I have this huge support system, when there are women who are going through this by themselves or who may not necessarily have the best health care. During that same time, as a matter of fact, the day I got my diagnosis, which was on a Friday, was the day of my youngest sister's funeral. It was more, to be honest Mm. with you, it was more so about losing her so unexpectedly than about the cancer. And I never, I never understood what people meant when they said a broken heart. Like my, my dad passed away some years and he, from cancer. But, you know, some kind of, sometimes you can kind of prepare yourself because you know this person was sick. Yes, yes. I've had another sister who passed away. Well, you know, I knew, we knew that, you know, she had heart issues. Mm-hmm. Um, my nephew, who was older, um, passed away, but we knew he had heart. So those, like, even though you miss them and it's kind of like, wow, they're not here anymore, I kind of got it. Yes. But this one totally, totally blew me away. Totally. God can, just like he healed my body from the cancer, you know, the doctors did what they were supposed to do. They did the surgery, and I went through the treatments, but I believe that the Lord is the one that healed my body. Oh, that's wonderful. And your natural is quite beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But he is healing my broken heart, too. Mm -hmm. Never thought that I could sit up here and talk about it without bursting into tears. Mm. And sometimes we go through things so that we can help somebody else. Mm. If I had not had my diagnosis with cancer, I couldn't be more sympathetic to other women, Mm -hmm. you know, who may be going through the same thing or someone else who may have lost a loved one. Mm -hmm. So would I prefer to not go through these? Of course. But again, I think it all goes down to our attitude. And I'm appreciative of the fact that I can be grateful for that. But if this is going to help some other woman, you know, go get her mammogram. It's funny because my mom and my sister are both survivors. And so I was at a routine mammogram. It was an African-American woman, the technician who was doing it for me, and we got to talking, and she said, you don't know how many women in our community do not come for this screening. Mm -hmm. They say they're too busy, or they don't believe in it, or they're afraid. And she said, and it doesn't matter the education level either. She said, I've had educated women tell me the same thing, and I'm trying to encourage them to take this seriously. And sometimes life is going to do whatever. Like, we things happen. Like, I get that. But sometimes there are simple things that we can do yes. to catch it early. And sometimes, again, as women, we have the things in our head where if I get sick, who's going to take care of who? or I don't have time, or why. And, I mean, that's one of the reasons why sometimes, like I said, we go through things so that we can encourage somebody else. And so this has given me an opportunity. So we'll say, and you'll be amazed at the ones who, like, it has nothing to do with education. It has nothing to do with age. 
that we just won't or don't take care of ourselves. You know, you've got to you got to get that exercise in. You got to we got to eat better. We got to make sure we're doing our routine annual physicals. I mean, those are that that's how a lot of things are caught. But as women, sometimes we don't take that step to do that. Hmm. I think that's taking the I'm not important enough or I'm too busy too far. Exactly. Exactly. In some kind of way. And that's why I'm always trying to figure out ways to encourage women to do something different, to make that step if they want to do something different in their lives or if this is going to encourage them to make sure they're going for their annual checkups or annual mammograms. And that's what, in my mind, I'm always trying to come up with ideas of Mm -hmm. how can I make this happen. And not going to give up, you know, when I get an idea, I always act on it. But that is like a real passion of mine to like for women. We've we've got to encourage one another. We can, but sometimes we just don't because we don't take the time. We get caught up in our own situation. And but I refuse to do that. What is your personal definition of what it means to be healthy? It is not only the physical, which is important. We only get one body. We don't get to change it like a pair of shoes. This is the only body (laughs) we have. That's true. So we've got to take care of our bodies. But also it is the mental and the spiritual and the emotional and the social. Surrounding yourselves, ourselves with positive people. Mm -hmm. You know, not saying that we want everybody to be Pollyannish, but it's something to be said for surrounding yourself with positive people. So to me, health is a combination of all of those things. Like if you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10, you know, how do you determine your physical health or even your financial health? We've always got to have a goal. My goal was what, two, two years ago, my goal was to make sure I exercised every day. So we bought a treadmill. My goal is to be grateful. And so I think we have to look at not only the health being, like I said, just a physical part of us, but the mental. You know, how positive are our thoughts? Do I have a good group of friends or am I connecting with my family mm-hmm. the way I need? So mm-hmm. I think it ultimately is when all of those cylinders are clicking. Thank you so very much for sharing your beautiful voice, your beautiful encouragement, and your beautiful spirit with us today. Thank you. I was so excited when you uh, texted me and asked me, so thank you very much. (laughs) And now it's time for practical tips. Mind tip. Take it from Helena. Sometimes you don't know what you can do until you try. Body tip. Take care of yourself by getting at least an annual physical to figure out what screenings you may need. It's better to catch something early. Spirit tip, savor your blessings. Thanks for being here. See you next time.